know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for, for listening. Um, welcome to your Thursday with the Addison's. Mm-hmm. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B. and Gray, Gray is on tap with us, or yes. are on tap with us. Uh, and we appreciate that. We are going to talk youth ministry today. And um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation because so often... Well, the great, you know, this, what we do mm-hmm. is we talk about um, what's happening in the culture and we talk about how we've got to culture proof our kids, how we, we've got to ready them for this culture. We've got to make them impervious yes. to this culture. Uh, how do we disciple them? How do we train them? How do we equip them? Um, this is our message, not only on this radio program, but it's also our message when we are invited to speak on this at churches and to other youth groups. And I say youth groups, but to their parents specifically. And this past weekend, we were in Huntsville, Texas. Yes. And man, what an incredible time we had in Huntsville, Texas at uh, Fellowship Fellowship at Huntsville. Fellowship of Huntsville. Yes. The name of the church. Fellowship of Huntsville. And um, while I was there, I observed some things that were um, that were really interesting, but also very encouraging. Right. Um, so the youth minister the youth or the students pastor and mm-hmm. i want to make sure that i that i make sure to to um be as specific and as distinct as i can because i think that pastor tim's approach to um student ministry is exactly what we need right now yeah i i, I really I do now listen and and i want to say something too this is not to suggest at all that there aren't other uh student pastors doing this i you know you probably are. There probably are some who are doing this. Um, but what I want to do is I want to talk practically what it looks like to be a student pastor and how you make the distinction between what I think has been commonly thought of when we think of uh, pastoring our students and what we need to think of now. Like what, where, where do we need to shift from what to what? And and so and the reason I want to say that is because I don't want anyone thinking that I think that uh, Pastor Tim is the only one who's doing this. And in fact, whenever we invite um, any pastor on to talk about what's going on, it's meant to be an encouragement. It's meant to um, if it's if if there's a challenge in it, then let there be a challenge. But it's meant to be an encouragement to say that, man, you know, we there are ways that we can respond to what's happening in the culture. But let me say this before we get Pastor Tim on with us. One of the things that I observed right off the bat was that there was a totally different approach to ministry, um, that Pastor Pastor Tim's approach to student ministry was unlike something I'd seen in a very, very long time. Mm. Yeah. Um, would you agree with that? I would agree. I would agree. Okay. It was very uh, refreshing, too. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It, <laughs> I, I really thought, you know, if, if, if there could be a powwow among youth pastors, among student pastors, whereby there was a redefinition of what that pastoral role meant. 
what that was supposed to look like, how seriously that was supposed to be taken, um, even the longevity in that role, that that role. And we're going to talk all about that, that that role is not um, just a stepping stone right. to what would you know commonly be seen as, you know, the bigger fish. Oh, I hate to even say that, but I think that that's commonly what we experience when we think of um, pastoring students. So I wanted to invite Pastor Tim on. Will the Great and I were talking about this while we were in Huntsville. Um, just wow, we we felt like our our audience needed to hear uh, from Pastor Tim Ramsey, just because I think it will be so encouraging. Uh, and I think in some areas it's going to be a challenge, but challenges are good, and challenges do not mean the exclusion of encouragement. Right. Like you, you can be Amen. challenged and be encouraged at the same time. Amen. All right. So do we have Pastor Tim on with I us? I really wanted to jump right on. into the conversation. All right. Well, I'll Let's just see. I'll I'll make a formal introduction mm-hmm. and and then we'll go to we'll go to Pastor Tim. If he's not there, I'm we'll going to go him. to some of the. Some, <laughs> <laughs> if he's not there, we'll, 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 make, get him. we'll make sure we get um, him. OK, so um, Pastor Tim Ramsey is the pastor of student ministries at Fellowship of Huntsville Church in Huntsville, Texas. And he's he has over 30 years of student ministry um, experience. He's an itinerant speaker. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the additional ministry that he uh, presides over One Road Ministries. And you can check that out at OneRoadMinistries.org. Um, he's also an author. We're going to talk about his book, Give Them the Keys. All of this is very, very good. I'm very excited. We're going to talk about that. Um, he's a husband and father of six. His wife, Delia, this was so uh, remarkable to me as I was talking to her this past weekend, is now uh, helping to homeschool their grandkids. Hmm. Also, as I talked to Pastor Tim, I, I, it was amazing to me because of the longevity that he's had in student ministry that he's now um, pastoring the kids of some of the kids that he has pastored in this in 30 years of ministry to students. And I think he said he's getting close to some grandkids <laughs> pastoring in student ministry. I think he said he's getting close. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, Will the Great, do we have Pastor Tim? Let's see. Pastor Tim, are you there? Am I here? Yes. Oh, you yeah, me? you're there. You're <laughs> hey, guys, how are you? Oh, great. man, we're doing great. Listen, it is, it's great to talk to you um, on radio because we had some time to talk a little bit in Huntsville. And we were, I just have to say, the Addisons, man, we were so enamored with the ministry and the work that you're doing there. Um, the work of the entire assembly there, I, I just thought was phenomenal. And so I wanted to have this conversation for the benefit of some of our listeners as well. And I'm hoping that it will serve as an encouragement to student pastors and also to senior pastors who are kind of like, you know, how do we refocus and maybe how do we shift and maybe even motivate some of our student pastors? So the first thing I wanted to do was to ha- have you give our listeners, Pastor Tim, just a little bit of your background in ministry, kind of introduce yourself to some of our listeners. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I've been doing youth ministry for a long time. Um, but uh, first off, back up a little bit. Married, 38 years, uh, yes. five kids, six grandkids. Uh, one of the coolest aspects of being a youth minister for as long as I have is I got to be my kids' youth pastor <laughs> and uh, walk all the way through what we did with them. Um you know, I, I got called into youth ministry uh, probably about my, my senior year in high school. And, uh, but, and I knew that calling was there, but I still wanted to chase other things. And, um, you know, I, did, I viewed youth pastoring as, hey, if you really want to have a life of financial struggle, be a youth guy. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't want to go that way. So I, I pursued a degree in business and God finally got a hold of me 
while I was at uh, in my sophomore year of college. Fully surrendered, going to chase this, and then um, my wife and I got married, and I began to pursue business again. And God finally called me one more time. He let us go through a very difficult time, um, just with a, a job choice that I had had. Came back and jumped into a youth ministry in inner city Houston. And mm. uh, uh, this this month, I, I have to do the math here. This month, I will um, celebrate 39 years in youth ministry. And uh, 37 of those have been on staff. Uh, two of those years were, you know, volunteering and interning and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then come this coming September, I'll celebrate 30 years of being the youth pastor here at Fellowship of Huntsville. Wow. Okay, wow. so that uh, that is extraordinary. I mean, as, as you know, <laughs> that's not usual, right? Like, that's not common. Yeah. And, you know, people have different paths that they take. How is it that you are headed toward um, 30 years with one church um, overseeing one ministry? What is it that the Lord showed you about student ministry that has, I don't know, aided in this type of longevity that we're talking about? Well, the thing that I battled with early uh, was the mindset, which is, I think it is common uh, that youth pastors are trained to think that you have to be the senior pastor. Mm. You know, you, this, you, that's the brass ring. That's what you want to pursue. And, uh, and so I was, I was in that mindset for the longest time. And then God began to show me how my passion for this ministry wasn't going away. And, um, and he also convicted me of a few things too, uh, with that mindset of, okay, I got to look beyond where I'm at to see what's next. The two things that God really convicted me of, one was, is I was looking past the very thing he was calling me to do right then. Uh, Bill Glass, um, a very well-known evangelist and um, uh, a man who was phenomenal in prison ministry, uh, he said this one time at our church, he said, when you are where you are, be there. Mm. When you are where you are, be there. Wow. And uh, so I didn't, I, did, I, I was so looking past where I was at thinking, well, you know, I could pastor, I could do this better. Well, that led me to the second thing. To have that mindset, man, you're filling yourself with pride. Mm. And uh, God resists the, the, the proud. I mean, yeah. if, if you're going to be filled with, with pride, God is not going to fully uh, empower you and release on you like he can when we're just humble before him. So uh, I put that to the side. I said, look, I'm going to, if I am here, this is where I'm going to be. And this is where my passion is going to be. And that's just it. The passion hasn't stopped. I still, mm -hmm. you know, still love it. I mean, I'll, I'll turn 59 this summer. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny because, you know, my humor with kids, it's like, oh, you're so funny. Now it's, you know, ultimate dad jokes. You know, it's no longer <laughs> the cool guy. You know, it's like, oh, rolling of the eyeballs and stuff. <laughs> but, but in youth ministry, unfortunately, right now, we're seeing such an exodus mm -hmm. of youth pastors. Tom Rayner wrote an article. Uh, it was May 2019, and it was entitled, Where Have All the Youth Pastors Gone? And um, Tom Rayner is a, kind of a church expert. He kind of yes. knows what's going on in the life of church. Yes. And, and he kind of went through the article with just saying, hey, some are leaving to become campus pastors or uh, be a part of church plants, which isn't a bad thing. But we're not seeing an influx of youth guys coming in. 
churches are changing up uh, the focus of youth ministry. They're calling it, you know, family ministry now, mm-hmm. which is a much broader focus. Again, I'm not going to say it's bad, but the youth are not getting, you know, middle school, high school, they're not getting the attention, the full attention of their pastor because they're having to do all these other things. Um, you know, another sad fact is this. So many schools out there are dropping their youth ministry programs. Hmm. Uh, they just don't see the worth in it. And, you know, and then lastly, with our culture like it is, the culture has been very successful in demonizing the church. And so youth are not wanting to be identified with the church because they don't want to be identified as a bigot, intolerant, or whatever the list is that goes on with that. And so high school, middle school students are a little bit more hesitant to be a part of a youth group. And churches are saying, well, why are the numbers down? Well, it's not necessarily the fault of the youth minister. It's the fault of what our social parameters are that we have to fight through. And so if you've got a, you've got a guy who can devote time to, to youth ministry and, hey, this is where I'm supposed to be, and they're out there building their relationships with students like they're supposed to, then because of the trust that is being built in those relationships, students then will venture into uh, joining a, a body of believers uh, and commit to that. But it, it takes... Um, yeah, I've got to stop and just say this. One of the main reasons I'm able to be successful, or I've seen the success in this, of course, first and foremost, is God doing what only He can do. But I'm married well. I'm married <laughs> really well. And, um, I mean, she, my wife, Delia, um, when, when I'm going through a difficult time or if I'm kind of, you know, just talking through some things, she doesn't sit there and she says, well, you know, I think, or I think, she said, well, you know, the Bible says, you know, God's word says, Amen. yes, yes. She, she always, you know, she, she quotes scripture. She throws out the truth of God's word. Um, so, you know, longevity of ministry, <laughs> first, first, first and foremost, um, you need to, uh, marry well to make sure you're guarding your heart, stay humble before the Lord. And, um, you know, and when you are where you are, be there. You know, Pastor Tim, I, we have to grab this break here, but on the other side of this break, I kind of want to double back to something that I think may be obvious, but is also overlooked when we talk about the benefits of longevity in ministry and in particular in youth ministry, because you have been able to experience the change in the generations. So you're not talking about it from an outsider. You are immersed in this change. You've been living this change. And I want to talk about what that means and what that looks like. Um, This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Stay there. Two kinds of sin, but one savior. One son thinks that he can find favor by working harder than his younger neighbor. But there can be an arrogance to labor when I start comparing, thinking that I'm greater. Like I built a city that makes me the mayor. Forgotten what you give me, that you are my creator. I have tried to build it. I have worked hard. I have willed it. Build it. Every brick I had, I think I filled it. But skills miss. Let myself down, feeling wilted. Still skid you high, but the bar is higher still, kid. I am not good. I'm Welcome back. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Peabod with Prodigal. Our guest today is Pastor Tim Ramsey, who is pastor of student ministries at Fellowship of Huntsville Church in Huntsville, Texas. He has over 30 years 
um, of ministry experience at one church, at one <laughs> church, doing what God has called him to do, and that is pastor students. And I want to be very specific about that because, Pastor Tim, you have been very specific about that. And I, I want to kind of pick up where we left off because, you know, we're talking about longevity in ministry. Um, I think, as as you put it, you, you heard, uh, when you are where you are, be there, and mm-hmm. you've done that, uh, three decades uh, but I think it's interesting that even before we went to the break, you were talking about how there are some churches who are saying that the focus is on um, family ministry. And I'm wondering, and I want to get your take on this. I'm wondering if this isn't a response to being disillusioned with youth youth ministry as it had been experienced for years. Uh, I think in many instances, youth ministry has appeared. And, and again, I'm not saying that this is everywhere. But I think largely um, there's been sort of a, I don't know, uh, it's devolved into pizza parties and just a fun hangout. But I think you're doing something different that is worth mentioning. In fact, there are several things that I read that um, I thought, wow, you know, how do we capture this and how do we, um, I don't know if in part is the right word, but how do we provoke this in other youth pastors? Uh, one of the things that you wrote, I read this, this is in your um, fellowship students 2022 calendar of events. I mean, this is in your calendar of events. I don't know what you put in other places, but this is in your calendar <laughs> of events. And this is what you write. Our most important ministers are not Sunday school teachers, volunteers, nor are they paid staff members. Our most important ministers are the parents If our biblical teaching is not reinforced in the home, then we will be hard pressed to have a lasting impact. Mm -hmm. I pray. Man, I love this so much. I pray that our parents will actively pursue their own personal relationship with Christ in order that we might work together in this process. It is our desire to be an extension of your ministry to your child and to be a resource to you and your family for any needs that may arise at any time. And I'm not even scratching the surface. There's more that I'm going to refer to as we kind of have this conversation here on air, because I think that so many parents felt like what's going on. I think so many parents were disillusioned with the fact that their kids were fleeing the church at the first moment that they had the opportunity And I think that what you're doing at Fellowship of Huntsville is something that is unique, but I think that it should have always been the intent of youth ministry that it is pastoral ministry and that it's not babysitting. Um, Pastor Tim, can you speak to this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, what we're seeing today uh, is, well, unfortunately, what we call abandonment. It's not that the kids, you know, are just like kicked out of the house or you just do your own thing, whatever. Abandonment today looks like this. Um, Little Johnny comes walking through the living room on a Friday night. Hey, Dad, I'm going to go to a movie. And Dad goes, hey, great, son. Here's 20 bucks. See you later. To that child, that's abandonment. Because Dad did not say, wait, wait, hold on. Who are you going with? What movie are you going to see? What Mm -hmm. time will you be home? They ask the questions that shows the, the, the child that they are cared for and that mom and dad are going to be there to protect. James Dobson said years ago that no child wants to be in a cage, but every child desires to be in a box. And I kind of thought, well, what does that mean? Well, what that means is parameters. Parameters are safety uh, areas for, for our children. 
and you can run anywhere you want to. It's like a football field. There's out of bounds, there's into the end zones. Run anywhere on that field you want to, but the moment you step out of bounds, we're gonna put you back in because we're gonna do this because we wanna protect you. When parents allow their children to go outside the safety parameters, that child feels abandoned. And what they will do is they will go and find a place of security, a place where there are rules. And they'll typically, I said typically, it may be an overstatement, but they, and a lot of times, they will find groups that are going to take them places they should not go mm. just so they can find those parameters. And so as parents, if we can get the awakening to take place of mm -hmm. you have to be intentional every single day with your children. Um, you know, it's one thing that I, that I would just love about my, my wife again is every morning with our kids, because we homeschooled our kids, uh, Bible study took place. Mm -hmm. And it, there, was, there was no negotiation. It was Bible study time. <laughs> and then Sunday nights, uh, when our kids got older, we would do apologetic nights. Mm. And uh, we would show apologetic videos or we would read books or whatever for the sake of pouring into our kids to explain to them, listen, it's not that we're just saying no, mm -hmm. uh, we're saying it for a reason. And that yeah. reason is we're going to protect you. We are going to guard the gate of your heart to the best of our human ability so that while you are being formed at this particular time period of your life, that God will be able to, without any type of resistance on your part, we're going to try mm -hmm. and keep that resistance away so that God can pour everything into you that he possibly can. And is and this so, the kind of, did you transfer that to, to pastoral ministry to students? I mean, I would imagine that that kind of love and that kind of conviction would have to drive and, and, and the right fear of God, it would have to drive the way you pastor youth, would it not? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the desire is, Okay, listen, my wife and I, we're, we're just people, and we're going right. to try to do it as we <laughs> think is best, okay? And I'm not going to look at you and shake my finger going, oh, you could be so much better because look at us. No, no, don't look at us. Look at the Word of God mm, and live out what God's Word says. God gave you a gift, and your quiver is getting full, and let's make sure those arrows are going to fly straight. And are you, you know, properly shaping those arrows? Are you properly doing everything that you can possibly do? to make them what God's called them to be. Yeah. Uh, it's a gift, but it's a gift that takes time and it takes effort. Mm -hmm. And, you know, too many times it's like, I'd rather be on the bass boat, you know, drowning some worms than investing in my kids. <laughs> um, and, and, and listen, we can have those fun times. There's nothing wrong with that, but not when that becomes the priority. Yes. Or when we begin to instill in our kids things that become a priority to them, things of the world, Mm -hmm. that take them away from being totally what God's called them to be. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it could be sports. It could be, you know, uh, material things. It could be a lot of different stuff. Sure. Yeah. We, we would rather you pursue this than this. And, uh, you know, one of my, one of my frustrations that I hear from youth pastors all over the place is how parents, once their kids get into high school, they begin to just let their kids basically raise themselves and choose oh. whether they're going to go to church or not. Mm. And so guess what? You're already conditioning them um, to do whatever, you know, to, yeah. to go and chase whatever they want to chase. But again, I'll say this. Um, if, if the relationship with the parent, you read this from the, the calendar of events. Mm -hmm. If the relationship to 
our Heavenly Father for the parent is not the priority, it will not be the priority for the child. Mm. If, if, you are, if you are saying, do as I say and not as I do, they're going to do. They're going to do what you do because you are the walking poster child of the example of who Christ is to be lived out every day. Mm. And if you are not that example, your child will become just like that. Wow. Okay, so no. Pastor Tim, I think that that's, that's probably one of, and you, you tell me here, mm-hmm. I, I, I would imagine that that would be one of the great frustrations of youth pastors multiplied across this country. Because I think that there are some parents who maybe think that you guys are a type of miracle worker. Right. That you are going to take what's happened all week in their lives and and maybe it's been sort of loosey-goosey and we've not made much of Christ, but then maybe on a Wednesday night or you're going to take them on a retreat or maybe on a Sunday morning or something and you're going to work a miracle and all of a sudden Hmm. you are going to flip a switch and that child who has had no pouring into throughout the week all of a sudden is going to be passionate wow. about the things of God and they're going to love Jesus deeply. Um, am, am I hitting on it? Is this, is this a part of the oh, frustration yeah. for pastors? <laughs> Tell me about oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had a parent years ago come to me. They were brand new to the church and uh, they came in and it was the mom. She introduced herself and she, and she pointed to her son who was talking to some people that he knew. And, hey, that's my son. I'll call him Tony. Hey, that's, name, that's my son, Tony, over there. Uh, listen, he's making some bad choices, and I really need you to fix him. <laughs> and I thought I waited for her to laugh. Wow. And she oh, was okay. serious. She was okay. serious. Yeah. And I said, well, I want you to know something that, one, I'm not God. Um, mm. And, two, you're going to have to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're yeah. going to have to be a part of this process. Amen. And, um, and I had another, I had another parent one time that came in and said, we're just having all these struggles with our son and all this stuff. And I said, how many meals a week do you feed your, your son? And they said, well, we feed him, you know, and they, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, we make sure he eats. I said, I said, then spiritually, why are you making sure that he's only getting two meals a week? Oh, I said, you bring him in on Wednesday night, you bring him Sunday mornings and that's it. I said, if you were to do that with physical food, you'd be brought up on child abuse. Wow. Come on. And I said, oh, you are charged to oh, feed him every yes. single day yes. and to make sure he is growing in his relationship with the Lord. I said, because in a few years, he's going to be sitting in a dorm room by himself for the first night and go, you know what? I don't have to answer to anybody. Mm. What has his heart been conditioned to do at that moment? Mm. And so if you're just giving him two little small, you know, little meals in a week, Spiritually, they're starving to death. But let me let me just just say this because you know we talked we talked about uh, like family ministry or you know some churches have it called that. But from my viewpoint, what you're doing, Pastor Tim, is family ministry. I think that's family ministry. You know because (laughs) you you have found a way to challenge the parents to incorporate the parents to make sure that they know and understand that they are the ones who are charged with the discipleship of their children and that and, and that the youth group and youth pastor is going to come alongside and, right. and be a supplement to what they're already doing. So I, I think if youth ministry looked <laughs> like this, where it, if it really is family ministry yeah. to where yeah. the parents are being engaged, the children are being engaged, and, and the parents are seeing that, man, I am the one that have the primary duty and call you know, to, to train up my children. And that's I, right. so it sounds like family ministry to me. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, it is. I mean, when I recruit workers for the youth ministry, I recruit, recruit parents. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah we're, we're in a college town and there are college kids that we could reach out to, but I would rather have the parents be here. Uh, there was a family that came, um, they visited the church, ended up joining the church, but their first Wednesday night, I saw the mom and uh, their oldest son, who at that time was an eighth grader, stand in the hallway and they were talking back and forth. And then he walked in and mom stood there, watched and started to walk away. So I went out in the hallway and uh, I caught her and I just said, hey, um, so I'm Tim Ramsey. I'm the, I'm the pastor of student ministries here. And I said, I saw your son come in. I met him on the way out. Uh, and I said, uh, so who are you? And she starts talking. She goes, you know, I was asking him. He said he really didn't want me to come in. And so I'm going to respect his space. And I said, hey, can I do, ask you to do me a big favor? Don't respect his space. I want you to come in here. And I want you to let him know that, hey, listen, I am going to be here because I love you. And I said, plus, I want you to see what we're all about. Well, she came in. And she became one of, just a dynamite um, leader for us. And uh, we called her uh, Mama, Mama Roots. Their last name wow. was Roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our, our students adored her. But her son told her years later, yeah, I'm trying not to choke up on this, but that he was so grateful that she loved him enough mm-hmm. that he, she came in and came in to be a part of his world. Wow. 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 You know, I I, I really think Mm. that we have redefined ministry to our kids in a way that is not healthy. And I think what the Lord Mm. has revealed to you, Pastor Tim, and what you have been faithful to obey him in is ministry to families. And we call it youth ministry. You call it student ministry. But I really think and I, and I, I would like to toggle back to this. But I believe that the philosophy of ministry that you have adopted, um, that is evident in your students, because I'm in the next segment, I want to comment on your students because I, I got to interact with these kids. OK, mm. and so that's that to me makes a world of difference. It's one thing for me to read what you write, Pastor Tim. Mm. It's one thing for me to hear what you say. But I, Will the Great and our children got to interact with your children. So we got to see that what you have written about ministry and what you say you are implementing as it pertains to ministry, we got to see the effects of that this past weekend, and that spoke volumes. So I want to toggle back to something else that you've written um, as far as your philosophy of ministry um, at Fellowship Church of Huntsville. or Is, is that how I say it? Fellowship of yeah. Huntsville mm-hmm. Church? Okay, That's right. So I think this is really interesting, and I think it's instructive. I think it's convicting. Um, You talk about the manner of ministry, the manner of ministry. And so I just want to read this here and then I want to get you to comment on it. Given the nature of your mission statement, which we'll toggle back to that and look at the mission statement. um, The youth ministry of Fellowship of Huntsville Church is necessarily intentional, not reactionary or trendy. Mm. Specifically, this means that while providing fun events, trips, (laughs) diversion like sports, positive peer pressure, service projects, counseling, or even group identity, these cannot be the primary identifier of the youth ministry. Mm. All of these things are easily available from youth organizations outside the church and change with the cultural climate or the latest trend. Jesus Christ and his word are the only appropriate focus of a ministry to students. Therefore, the unchanging intent of the Fellowship of Huntsville Youth Ministry is to guide the students to a better understanding of the one in whom they believe, to know what they believe, and to know why they believe what they believe. 
We're going to grab the break and we're going to come back and we're just going to unpack this a little bit. Aaron the Addisons, stay right there. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to where my sin and bear my shame. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We are spending some time with Pastor Tim Ramsey, who's pastor of student ministries at Fellowship of Huntsville Church in Huntsville, Texas. We were there this past weekend at uh, his Next Level Parents Conference, and uh, man, we just enjoyed ourselves. We had a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always great to gather uh, with the body of Christ and, and to meet new members of that body. But man, I, I got to tell you in particular, I was so impressed by the students who are a part of this ministry. They were all serving. They were joyfully serving. Um, they, it, it, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe <laughs> what, what I experienced, um, but I found it remarkable. I even said this to some of the students, but I watched them serve and I watched them do that from a place of complete ownership. Um, they, I, I don't know. They just they didn't have to be told a lot, at least not while I was there. Maybe there was a lot that was communicated beforehand. <laughs> but I, I saw a lot of ownership. I saw a lot of independent yeah. thinking um, to get to the expected end. I, I, I observed them knowing who they needed to call in this situation and how to do basic things in ministry. And it was remarkable to me. And mm. I really I would say glory to God. But I think you cannot overlook right leadership. You can't overlook a vision for how we incorporate students, how we anchor them in the word of God, but then also how we train them for ministry. And and I want to make sure that we don't miss too much time because I, I, I want us to talk about give them the keys. I want to talk about the book that you wrote, Pastor Ramsey, because incidentally, that's one of the things that you talk about, how to teach kids to seek out ministry opportunities so that they're not just sort of like these um, passive consumers of ministry, but truly that they are being equipped for the work of ministry. Anyway, okay, welcome back to the show. I'm sorry that was that was that all just introduction. <laughs> I don't even the second anyway, it was the second introduction. Pastor Tim, <laughs> I'm really hoping that you will encourage some of our student pastors who are listening. Uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about the manner of your ministry there. Um, just talking about how it's it's not a social club, Th- that these things, there are things that you will do, um, you will hang out, you will live life together, but that's not meant to be the focus of what you're doing, that you're rooting and anchoring these students in the authority of the word of God, teaching them the truth and helping them to understand how to communicate that truth. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Well, you know, we've got them for six years. And so in those six years, we want to make sure that we, and the opportunities that we have as a ministry is to prepare them for what they will go into next. We're seeing the statistics get more and more unfavorable every year mm. of students who are walking away from the church and walking away from the faith. Um, and it's and you can, if you let it, you can become very discouraged. Um, I, I talk to youth pastors all over the nation, um, and discouragement is an all-time high. And I mm. encourage them to just get back in there. And I said, make sure that you're, you're doing four things. You're teaching the Bible, uh, first and foremost. Uh, it's not about 
what cool t-shirts they wind up with or pictures from what trips and <laughs> other we've got cool t-shirts we've got all that stuff but that's not Come what on. it's about yeah it's about teaching them you know our the theme verse for our church is ephesians 4 verse 12 and just simply says for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the Amen. edifying of the body of christ we we want to see across the board our children's ministry focuses on equipping our youth ministry on equipping college ministry, on equipping our church. Our pastor, in my opinion, is one of the best Bible teachers ever. Um, it's about equipping people through teaching. And then we allow our students to lead. We want them to, we want them to look at this youth ministry uh, not as if somebody come and they sit and they soak, well then ultimately they're gonna sour. We want them to mm. sit, soak and serve. Uh, I don't necessarily wanna be a, a, a pastor to students. I want to be a pastor with students. Uh, I want to be alongside of them. And, and that's what we get to do. We have the ministry focus is we have 14 ministry teams that students can lead. Um, we're, we're coming up to the time of the year now that we will begin to allow students to apply for the next school year to be a ministry leader. And uh, we'll go through the process. And uh, this year we, we have eight ministries that are represented and uh, these students will have students come under them and lead with them. What, what you guys got to see on Saturday was our two service teams. We have youth, what we call youth deacons and the young ladies ministry team. And uh, the students that had it up, Ethan and Emily, um, they're both seniors. My heart is breaking to graduate this year. They're, they're just dynamite. But I just sat down with them and I just said, I didn't sit down with them. I actually stood there and said, guys, I need you to do this, 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 and this. I told them one time, they took care of everything that day. I didn't have to remind them. I wasn't worried about it. They were just top notch doing it. So, um, so we want to make sure that we're allowing them the chance to lead and allowing them to serve. We give them an event in the summer every year called Youth Week. And uh, it's a big outreach. And the students 100% lead this. I go to work for them. And um, I sign the contracts. And, uh, you know, for the speaker that comes in, band comes in. But we just turn them loose. Mm -hmm. so, the, so the ministry focus is, is to empower them to be what they are, the church. And then get out there and do it. Wow. And so what has been the results of that? Have you seen, like, um, just over the years, students develop into like greater uh, leaders and like how has that panned out as you look back and you put those students in those different positions and 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 you kind of evaluate how how that's uh been going yeah that in fact we started i say we i started tracking this about maybe just a couple of years ago and i and i still need to do a lot more um just research on it. But the trend is negatively that we see students leaving the church after they graduate. Yeah. What, I, what I'm seeing through this is students that led a ministry and led it well, led it correctly. And then also students who maybe they didn't lead, but they followed well. They were in a mm. ministry, they were active in that. We're not only seeing them leave and go to college or tech school or career, whatever, or military, whatever the case may be. They're not just leaving and going and whatever. They're going and they're finding churches. Mm. They're finding yes. ministry. We we had one we had one young lady who led our young ladies ministry team that she graduated out and went off to, to college. And within two weeks of being there, 
she went and contacted a local elementary school and started an after-school Bible study on her own mm. and continued that ministry through her four years at college <laughs> and then stepped into ministry after that was done. Wow. Um, you know, and I wish every story was that way, but, sure. it, but for the majority we're seeing is we're not seeing the 75% leave. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a high percentage staying in the faith, finding a church home and finding ministry. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's super encouraging uh, when we see, hey, this is working. Does it work every time? No. Right. But uh, for the most part, if, if you teach them, if you give them a chance to lead, you give them a chance to serve. Um, and another big thing is this, teaching them the whys of their faith. Mm. This mm-hmm. kind of comes from an apologetics background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I tell the students all the time, guys, it's not about what you do. God could care less about what you do. He cares about why you do it. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we are called to be His and we do it out of our devotion and love to Him and for His glory, not our own. Yeah. And God will bless that and run with it. You know, I think that at this point, it's probably a smooth transition for us to talk about the book that you wrote, which I think is really you taking your ministry philosophy and the practice of ministry, um, the longevity that you've had in ministry to students and putting it in book form. And the book is Give Them the Keys, Making a Youth Ministry a Youth's Ministry. I love that. I absolutely love that. In fact, I, I love what the expected outcome is of this type of ministry philosophy that you have kids who, as they grow into adulthood, they understand the purpose of the church, that it's not for their entertainment or their mere consumption, that yes, they are blessed. They will be equipped, but they are also raised up and they're ready for ministry like this. This is what God calls us to. And they understand that. And I think if you can capture that um, in their youth, it is something that characterizes their adult life as well. So tell our listeners a little bit about the book and then where they also can get a copy of the book. Okay. Well, the book came about with, I was at a youth minister's um, gathering in Dallas and a friend of mine who is a um, well-known youth speaker. He works with Barna. And he sat down with me and he goes, Hey Tim, what's working at your church? And I told him about this ministry model that we had, it was really kind of in its fledgling stage, but Mm -hmm. we had saw the effects of it. How this started was uh, our oldest son, Christopher, uh, got together and started a band. And um, I mean, it was now back in the day, this is a little different time period, but back in the day, I just give them the keys to the church. And those kids, uh, those boys would come up here, they would spend all weekend. They'd sleep in the pews, and, but they practice, <laughs> practice, practice. And they were going to be this, the next Christian punk band, you know, just, uh, <laughs> just you know, like, cuck, 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 kind of sound. And, um, and it was a lot of fun. Well, they came to me one day and said, hey, we want to lead worship on Wednesday night. And that terrified me because um, <laughs> I just I, the kind of music they had. And I thought, you know what? Let's do it. And uh, they got up there, and it wasn't the polished worship that we all kind of think we you know we're supposed to have, but it was theirs. Mm. And they asked if they could continue. We were a youth group at that time. We ran about probably about thirty kids on Wednesday night. Well, they started leading worship. They started inviting friends. Friends started inviting friends. Within three months, we were running 120 kids on Wednesday wow. nights on average mm-hmm. because they were excited about their ministry. It wasn't me in the hallways of the school or whatever, handing out flyers. It was them being excited about their ministry. And so from there, I thought, you know, let's see what else we can, we can do. So I started a prayer ministry and got a student to head that up. 
And we just began to see incredible stuff happen. So that's how it started. So I was telling Mark, this friend of mine, about it. He, and he just said, Tim, you need to put that in a book. And, uh, and so anyway, we wrote the book. It's a how-to book. And mm -hmm. um, it, it was funny. The book's actually, the, the original manuscript is a lot more than what's in the book. But when I sent it to uh, an editor, that's kind of like, their, their specialty is kind of, it's called target editing. Who's your audience? They wanted me to cut a lot of words out. And I said, why? And, and her explanation was, well, you're writing to squirrels on crack and you need to make it quick. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wait, wow. is that the <laughs> reference to parents or to no, the no, youth no, pastors? No, 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 youth pastors. Youth okay, pastors. <laughs> it's, it's a how-to book and they want to know quick. Wow. So, oh, so we man. shortened it down. Uh, so it's a quick read. It's only like 102 pages or so. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is, is all the, the phone calls that I've gotten over the years about mm -hmm. the book, the questions was about the content I had taken out. So um, anyway, but uh, if, if you want to get a copy, you can go to Amazon and order that. Or if you just want to, you could just email me um, and I'd be glad to, to send you a copy. Um, and um, but it, it's been a great um, encouragement to me. I mean, I've had pastors who have called me uh, from different parts of the country. So they bought it for their entire staff mm. and they morphed it into their areas of turning the ministry over to their people. Let the church be the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. instead of just letting them come in and sit and soak, you know, let's let's just turn them loose. Uh, so. Yeah, Pastor Tim, I'm, I'm wondering, because we're coming to the end of the show here, and, you know, one of the things that was really sort of like a, I guess, a burden on my heart, even as I was thinking and anticipating us uh, talking with you today, is that you've got a lot of youth pastors who are discouraged, mm -hmm. who feel like they don't have the support of the parents, of the students that they're pastoring, and they're trying to take their calling seriously. But even sometimes the expectations of the parents are really low. Like they just want their kids to be entertained or they want the youth pastor to work miracles and they don't want to do much. I'm wondering if you could speak to that youth pastor in the last couple minutes that we have and encourage him. Absolutely. Well, one, remember who you're doing it for. Um, if we are as youth pastors or just as, as believers serving, if we're sitting back waiting for the, the accolades of man to come to us, they are going to be based upon how well you feed their desires. We need to look at scripture and remember the one who is behind us, the one who has called us to do this. He's never promised that it would be easy, but he's promised he'd never leave us or forsake us. And do not, please do not hold on to expectations that are unfair, especially if they're expectations that aren't the Lord's. Mm. Every day needs to be new. Father, I come to you today and I just simply give you me. I don't know what it's going to be like and I'm just a fallible human, but I pray you do amazing things through me for your glory and not my own. Mm -hmm. So the focus needs to be uh, on who you're doing it for. Also, try and find areas where you can be uh, encouraged. Uh, make sure you take breaks. Breaks mm -hmm. are very important to get refreshed. That's why there's a brand new ministry we're starting called Youth Dude. Um, and hopefully we'll be out by the end of this month um, on the website. App will be out in a few weeks. We want it to be a resource of encouragement for youth pastors to stay in the game. We need you out there, guys. And, and when I say guys, I mean everybody who's doing it. Stay with it and uh, just let the Lord use you and then stand back and be amazed at what only he can do.
Amen. Amen. I want to make sure that I direct people to your website, oneroadministries.org, oneroadministries.org. They can learn where you'll be speaking and encouraging other youth ministers. This has been such an encouragement and a challenge, and those things are not mutually exclusive. Pastor Tim Ramsey, Pastor of Student Ministries at Fellowship of Huntsville, has been our guest. We're out of time, but until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.